I greet you in the high and holy name of Jesus Christ, our crucified and risen Lord. What a privilege it is for us to gather, whether here in person or online, as we share the Word of God. The scripture for the morning is Psalm 125. And if you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading of God's holy word. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forevermore. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. Lord, do good to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Peace be on Israel. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated and let us pray. <clears throat> Take my lips and speak through them. Take our thoughts and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for you. Unless you speak, nothing of significance will be spoken. Give us your word, Lord Jesus. Amen. If I had to give an award for the best television commercial of the last few years, I would give it to one of the home security companies. As I, as I describe the commercial, you'll recognize it. There's this beautiful little five-year-old girl who's getting ready for bed, about to be tucked in. She's missing one front tooth, which gives her a beautiful accent. Her dad is about ready to turn off the lights, but her lively five-year-old imagination is concerned about monsters. Could be monsters in the closet, under the bed. So she asked dad if he would check out those dangers. He does so and reports back to her no monsters here. Then she activates the electronic security system. But that's not her primary source of security. Her primary support is dear old dad. You see, CPI is not worth a hoot at dealing with monsters. That's the job for dear old dad. And then she smiles and says, thank you, daddy. And at that moment, he is securely wrapped around her little finger. If not before, certainly then. That little girl's primary source of security was dear old dad. But we have a source so much greater than even the best earthly father. We have the heavenly father who has promised never to fail us or forsake us. As you know, we Americans are living through a difficult time right now. We're hiding behind masks from that COVID-19. 
racial antagonisms are magnified, racking this country because of a few bad cops and because of looting and violent mobs. And as we watch TV news, sometimes we we wonder, is civilization giving away to chaos? And I'm talking to some Christians these days who are saying, I just don't watch TV news anymore because it, it casts a dark cloud over my entire day. Our culture has been changing for quite a while. And many of those changes have not been good. There used to be some commonly accepted truths that we learned as children. For example, honesty is the best policy. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Respect the authorities. Obey the law. If you say filthy words, you'll get your mouth washed out with soap. And I recall that the brand of that soap had a particularly vile taste, which is a little confessing I'm doing right now. If you misbehave at school, you'll be punished at school, and then the punishment will be reinforced when you get home. Those old truths are no longer dominant in our culture today. As the late, great Adrian Rogers used to say, everything that's not nailed down is coming loose and the devil is pulling nails as fast as he can. America used to be considered a Christian nation. That claim is in doubt today. For at least the last 50 years, biblical Christianity has been battling with a cultural religion called secularism, battling for the hearts and minds of Americans. Secularism. Secularists sometimes claim to be religious. Many of them are church members. But the Bible is no longer the primary guide for their beliefs or morality. They are influenced more by cultural standards than by biblical standards. Secularists are offended by a God who would say things like thou shalt or thou shalt not. Secularists can put up with 10 suggestions, but they can't handle 10 commandments. Secularists no longer believe there's any such thing as absolute truth. No, they think all truth is relative. Everybody has his own version and nobody's version is better than anybody else's. That's secularism. And in terms of sheer numbers, it does not appear that biblical Christianity has been winning the battle against secularism in recent years. In October 2019, the Pew Research Center found that the percentage of Americans who identify as Christian has dropped 12% in the last 10 years. And Pew also found that approximately one-third of all American young adults claim no religious affiliation whatsoever. In this difficult time, we need a word of assurance. And that's what God gives us in Psalm 125. Now, most of the other Psalms are personal affirmations by individuals. Indeed, many of them were written by King David. But the Psalms of Ascent that we are looking at during this month of July 
are different. They are community or national songs of trust. And the people of Israel sang or chanted these psalms on their way to Mount Zion in Jerusalem for worship. They had just returned from 70 years in exile in what is now Iraq. Immediately upon returning, they constructed a temple on the highest spot within the city of Jerusalem, which was Mount Zion. And though they were threatened by enemies all around, they dared to sing these songs of faith as they trudged upward to Mount Zion for worship. These songs gave them God's assurance in a very difficult time. I believe that Psalm 125 speaks to us Americans too in this difficult time. This is a difficult time following our 244th birthday as a nation. And we need to hear this message of assurance from our heavenly father. The first assurance in Psalm 125 is this, God is our security. God is our security. The psalmist declared that those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever. Mount Zion is the highest point in the city of Jerusalem today. It was the site of Solomon's great temple that was destroyed by the Romans in 70 AD. Today, a Muslim mosque called Dome of the Rock stands on Mount Zion. Since there's no Christian church on Mount Zion today, does that mean God has forgotten his promise to surround us and take care of us? No, it does not. Because God's promise will find fulfillment in the new Jerusalem. This is what is talked about in Revelations chapter 21. This is the place we will reside one day, the heavenly city, the new Jerusalem. Now, every people and nation look for security and they look in many different ways, many different avenues. Military security is a common way and America has the strongest military force in history. But history is full of examples where military might has failed. Though we won most of the battles in Vietnam, we lost the war. Most Americans turn for their security to their financial resources. And we are the richest nation in the history of the world. I mean, our salaries, our 401ks, our insurance policies, our pensions are the best on earth, the best in history. But the COVID-19 plague showed us how quickly, how suddenly financial resources can disappear. All of us, of course, need the security that the police provide. Yes, it is sadly true that in Minneapolis, we saw how terrible a few bad cops can be. But surely we know that the vast majority of our police are conscientious public servants. Indeed, the primary force standing between civilization and chaos is that long blue line of police. Now, all of these forms of security I've mentioned have their proper place, but our Bible offers a better security. God said to his prophet Zechariah, not by might nor by power, 
but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. The psalmist declares, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. Now this is the ultimate security enjoyed by any person who repents of his sin and trusts in Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We are assured by St. Paul that for such persons, nothing, absolutely nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now this is the real security, the ultimate security. And if you have not received it, whether you be here today in the sanctuary or worshiping with us online, if you have never received that ultimate security, don't you let this hour end without receiving it. It's so simple to receive it. All you have to do is say in your own words, Lord, I'm just a plain old sinner and I repent for that. And I believe that when your son Jesus died on that cross, he paid the penalty for my sin. And in gratitude, I invite the living Christ, the risen Christ to be the absolute leader in my life. That's it. It's, it's that simple. And then you can have the absolute security, the eternal security of being in Christ. If you have not taken that step, don't you let this hour end without doing so. In Psalm 125, the psalmist then offers a second assurance to the nation of Israel and to us. God opposes evil. God opposes evil. He does not wink at evil. He does not humor evil. He does not compromise with evil. He opposes evil. We have this promise from God. The scepter of the wicked will not remain over the land allotted to the righteous. For then the righteous might use their hands to do evil. What does that word scepter mean? You know, that's not a word that we use very often today. Well, a scepter was a, a rod or a wand carried as an emblem of royal or imperial power. In other words, a scepter represented authority or power. And here God is telling us that all the victories of the wicked, and you can read about them in the newspaper, all the victories of the wicked are temporary. None of them will last. Now America needs to hear that word today because the forces of evil, if you read the papers, seem to be gaining left and right. And the secularists say to us, look, your Bible is out of date. Much of your Bible's got to go if you want to be on the right side of history. Notice the warning in verse 3 of Psalm 125. If the wicked are allowed to prevail, the righteous might use their hands to do evil. In other words, wicked rulers tend to corrupt even the righteous. We see this truth in America today as secularism has undermined America's trust in God. The Bible says, and America used to believe, that abortion, except under the most extreme circumstances, is a sin against the God who makes babies in his own image. Now America is not so sure. Abortion is the 
single most important moral issue of our time. God's great heart is breaking as over 800,000 little unborn babies are destroyed in America every single year. We cannot hear the cries of those 800,000 unborn babies, but God does. The Bible says, and America used to believe, that marriage is a covenant relationship between one man and one woman. Now the Supreme Court disagrees and America is not so sure. A fire chief in Atlanta lost his job because he put on Facebook an approval of the biblical standard for sexual behavior. A cake baker in Colorado almost lost his business for defending the Bible's definition of marriage. The Bible says, and America used to believe, that God created people in his own image as male and female. Now the Supreme Court says that people can choose to be gender neutral and America is not so sure. The Bible says, and America used to believe, that the Bible is the inspired word of God and is absolutely true from Genesis to the maps. But now even some church leaders are suggesting that the Bible is just an ancient book that combines some truth and a lot of error. Some church leaders are trying to rewrite the Bible in the version that God would have written if he had been as smart as they are. Many people who claim to be on the right side of history are on the wrong side of Holy Scripture. God assures us that the scepter of the wicked will not remain, thank God. The church of Jesus Christ is gonna prevail. Why? Because we stand upon the rock. What is the rock? It is the immovable confession that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we have this assurance from the Lord Jesus. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. There is a third assurance in our text for today. God is just, but also merciful. God is just, but also merciful. Verses four and five of Psalm 125 are both a plea and a prediction. The psalmist writes, do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those who are upright in heart. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. The psalm asks God, the psalmist asks God to do good to those who are good. Now that does not mean that, that you and I are good. All of us are sinners saved by God's grace. Whatever goodness we have, friends, is imparted to us by Christ. So none of us has any reason to boast except in the Christ who saved us. Today, we Christians are being directly challenged by our secular culture in America. There are some experts who are predicting that in the coming years, biblical Christians will be persecuted just as Quakers were in America in the 17th century. Remember that Jesus said 
if they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Regardless of whatever persecution or intimidation secularism brings against us, we must not make unholy compromises with secularism. The secularists are never satisfied with a compromise. They demand total surrender. We must not go wobbly under the pressure of this secular culture. We know that God's word is true and his kingdom will triumph. Like St. Paul, we must say, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. How then shall we prevail against this secularism, this secular tide that seems to be causing such destruction across America? Well, it begins with the authority of this book, the authority of scripture. Because you see, without the authority of scripture, all we're left with is opinion. And few opinions are worth the price of a cup of coffee. We believe that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Let me say that again. We believe that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. We must blend the authority of the scripture with fervent and continuous prayer because we are battling folks what St. Paul called the powers of this dark world. Therefore, we must pray in the spirit on all occasions. In this critical year of 2020, it is essential that we pray for America every single day because human power and wisdom will not suffice for our needs. The power and wisdom of God Almighty is required and the way we access that is through prayer. In addition, we must demonstrate two qualities, courage and winsomeness, courage and winsomeness. We must have the courage to stand up and defend the, the fire chiefs and the cake bakers and the teachers and the preachers who dare to stand against the secular tide. But we must do so without angry arguments. You know, a testimony beats an argument every single time. And we must testify about what God is doing in our lives and in his church. When we are ridiculed, we must respond with kindness rather than anger. You know, the person who seems to despise your faith may really be hungry for something you have. If we are winsome rather than angry, we may be able to share Christ with some hurting person. God hates sin, but loves sinners, and so must we. And finally, we must never panic or despair. Why? Because we serve the Lord Jesus Christ who has already said, all authority has been given to me. It belongs to Christ. And surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Let me close with a true story of God's assurance in a difficult time. There was a great missionary named Gladys Eilward 
missionary to China. Uh, she was the director of a children's home, an orphanage. At the beginning of World War II, the Japanese army invaded China and they carried out awful atrocities against the civilians of China, uh, executing men, women, and children. And so it was necessary for Gladys to take all 100 of her orphans and lead them over a difficult journey by foot to free China. And so she led the little caravan. Uh, the older children carried the babies and of course the caravan moved very slowly. And every day Gladys got reports that the Japanese army was coming closer and closer and Gladys was almost in complete despair. She didn't see any way in the world that they could escape and she felt that probably the, the Japanese would execute all of the children. After a particularly sleepless night, she faced the dawn with almost despair, little hope of making it to free China. In an effort to encourage her, a 13-year-old girl said, uh, reminded her of the much-loved story of how Moses led the children of Israel through the sea, the Red Sea, to safety. But I'm not Moses, Gladys exclaimed in despair. And the girl replied, of course you're not. But Jehovah is still God. When Gladys and her band of orphans made it to free China, they proved once again that no matter how big the threat, no matter how fearsome the enemy, God is still God and he will have the last word. And that, my friends, is what America needs to hear today. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.